0: This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. The Ogden Arts Festival is this weekend, June 10th and 11th at the Union Station, and it brings together artists and performers of all types from across the state and beyond. Tickets are $5 in advance, and it's free for people 18 and under.
1: So I'm the director of the festival um which means i clean toilets and organize all the things like <laughs> anything and everything in there
0: like is there an organization that puts together the festival mm-hmm. or is it
1: so this is actually the 18th year of the ogden arts festival it originally started with a, a group that would sort of benefit union station the union station foundation and in 2016 they were they were 10 years in and they were like we're done And so they presented the offer to Amir Jackson with Nurture the Creative Mind. And so that has been the managing organization since 2016. I've been with the festival since 2013.
0: And so then the committee that puts it together is like a subcommittee of Nurture the Creative Mind?
1: Nope. So we are all just like a volunteer committee that he brought together. Amir was the director for a couple years. um, And then he was finally like, in order for it to grow, I kind of have to to step back and, and watch it happen. So we all um volunteer our time and our energy to raise money for for the organization, but it's under the Nurture Creative Mind umbrella. It's just it's an event just like they do the Day of the Dead and he does balloon things. Like it's just another event of Nurture the Creative
0: Mind. So it's not a fundraiser of any kind, is it it
1: is, it's a benefit for them. Oh. Like we sell um tickets at the gate and stuff like that. And it's the the income generated for this is what helps pay for um, the programs and everything that he does throughout the year, because everything is free for youth. But this oh. is the one thing. It's free for youth to get into the festival, too.
0: That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um So how long have you been with the organization?
1: So, I, Well, I've been with Ogden Arts Festival since 2013, so before Amir's um, company took over the managing component of it, oh, I just as a volunteer. But this is my fourth year as the director. Fortunately, 2020 was one of those years, so my only directing duties was deciding not to have (laughs) have the event but (laughs) but, yeah I, I so I'm the director but I also handle all the artist coordination so their applications laying out the festival map and Marketing, like quite a, quite a bit of stuff that fall into it, but then we have a great committee that handles other areas as far as organization.
0: Is it at the Ogden Theater?
1: So this is at uh, Union Station. Oh, right. So we are inside and outside. We take over every square inch of inside of the building and uh, two of the parking lots as well as the fountain. There's about 110 booths. It's all coordinated off a gated area, so it's one huge beer garden. Uh, oh, we <laughs> we do that. That's so great. yeah, instead of being in a, a small space, the entire space is.
0: You can actually um, walk about, around uh-huh. and look at our. And drinking. Yep, beer at the you same can,
1: time. you can. As oh, long as you're an adult, you totally you totally great. can. So inside we have two performance stages. There's one in the Browning Theater. Um, we have a spoken word stage that's new this year to have poetry, um, you know, short storytelling and things like that. And that's actually gonna be in the nurture creative mind space. They are located out of Union Station as well. So that's part of one of the activated areas. Then we have a stage outside. Outside stage is much um, more bands and kind of busker. Oh. Oriented, and then inside is chamber music and uh, cultural dance groups and things like that. Really? So
0: mm-hmm. I've been to the arts festival before, but I feel like maybe I didn't see all the parts of it and stuff. That's May- a lot Maybe. Going on. Well, and it
1: used to be at the amphitheater. So it was at Union Station for I think like eight years. And then they did, they did their last two at the amphitheater. And then we did 2016, 2017, 2018. Like we did three years at the amphitheater and then it moved back to mm. Union Station. So.
0: What are the qualifications for anybody who wants to like have a booth? Or
1: It's all application based. Um, like most festivals, it's about a six month advance when you try to do applications. Um, our application process goes up in January. And for artists, it's very platform driven through an organization called Zapplication. Like you have to go do your booth shots, do your pricing, like everything. And then it's a juried process oh. after that. So we'll have a couple of hundred artists apply, and then we have a jury process to pick and choose who's going to be part of the festival. And as far as um, performers and other organizations, it's the same way. There's an application process that you just have to fill out, and then it's up to the committees to decide who's chosen.
0: Like. They have to be local?
1: No, no. So, in fact, with the Ogden Arts Festival, it's one of the only regional festivals in this area where we get artists from outside of the state. Oh, Logan is the next closest one. They do their summer fest, and so we get a lot of artists that come. They come to Ogden, then they go to Logan, and then they do Utah Arts Fest. So they're on like a little tour for a couple months. But we have artists from Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, Los Angeles, and so it's one of the only Ogden-based art events that bring in those regional regional artists so that's cool but then we have artists from all across the state
0: but then you have a rule that the artist has to be there or something like Mm,
1: that well that's that's a benefit to the artist because nobody really likes to buy artwork unless they know the story and you want to be like oh i talked to the artist and i bought this piece of work so it is required that the the artist is manning the booth. They can have other people in there, and of course, they can take breaks and those situations come up, but it's people prefer to buy from the artist. Otherwise, it's just a retail mm-hmm. establishment. Oh, yeah. So, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But if you want to engage with the artist and hear their story and where they come up with it, it's a great selling point for them. And art's all about story. You huh. know, you have a piece of art in your house, unless somebody can relate to it, having the story helps them relate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, what are some of the other things that go into putting it together?
1: Oh, I mean, from the director's side, there's lots of organizations. There's permits, there's insurance, there's all those things that you don't really think about. Each um, art booth has to have a business license with the city, and that's all stuff that we take oh, wow. on ourselves. But a lot of it is more the, the legal ease behind everything, but then also marketing the event and running those campaigns and then organizing and staying on top of the committee, like just checking and making sure they're doing what they need to do. So we have uh, 14 committee members This year we have somebody over Urban Arts. We have a couple of people that handle volunteers. There is Um, um, one gal, Bonnie, who handles both the kids' activities and our beer garden. So, I mean, it's just there's quite a bit of moving parts um, that go into it
0: and how many volunteers would you say it takes
1: i mean we have a list of i think it's 132 potential volunteer shifts that are available um amongst everything but we might get 75 to 80 volunteers because a lot of people work more than one hmm. more more than one shift but without those volunteers like that's who's running the gate they're doing our community wall they're sitting in spaces they're booth sitters like there's quite a bit of um purpose and necessity that comes with volunteers and they are like the backbone of and we're all volunteers so it's what the festival is sort of driven driven on but lots of opportunities for and for youth as well we accept volunteers that are youth-based and as long as there's an adult taking money the kids can totally put bracelets on people like
0: (laughs) who does the approval of the applications from the artists
1: i mean that so the jury process can be done a couple different ways Sometimes we have a whole jury day that's held and we'll, hey, we'll have a couple community members as well as committee members come in and you basically judge the work and you score it one to five and then you pick the top um, of each category. But it's very, there's a lot of uh, strategery <laughs> in it because you might have 45 people that apply with jewelry, but you really only want about eight jewelers there. Yeah. Otherwise, it's saturating and it's not fair to anybody else. So there's a lot of planning that goes into and kind of plan the map as we go because you can also not have two photographers sitting right next to each other so you're like okay I'm going to accept this photographer in this area we'll put another photographer and you pick the highest vote count from those yeah and it's the same with our wait list and you know unfortunately people have to be on the wait list but if you're a photographer on the wait list you have to wait for a photographer to drop because we have to fill that space we can't put another painter next to another painter so it's
0: wow yeah there's a a lot of legwork it is it is and so you start applications six months out
1: so our application process starts it goes January through April 1st for Mm -hmm. artists for performers and stuff it's January through like
0: March 1st and then when do you have like your your map all finalized
1: so the map we pretty much I start doing early invites for certain artists because there's also like different booth sizes that cost different like everybody wants a corner but we have to also be strategic on we can't have the same right. type of artist on every single corner. So once the invites go out mid-April, everybody has to pay by 1st of May and then boom, the map should, be, I, should yeah. be done. Yeah, because you have to have promotional time to start sharing it and they all need to know where their
0: booth is. And, and you're really trying to cast, you want all of Northern Utah at least.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, even our hometown values is um, North or South Davis to Bear River or mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, because it's, you know, two day event. It's only five dollars in advance for two days if you buy your ticket before you get to the gate and it's all for a cause. It's all a benefit. But yeah, it's welcome to anybody. And we have artists that come up from St. George. And so they know people we have artists that come up from Salt Lake. And again, everybody's like, come come see my booth. Come check it. Come check it out. But yeah. yeah. And we have a wide range of art as well. Um there's a lot of urban art, but we cater to a ton of fine art. And that's also kind of rare outside of the gallery, Utah Arts Fest does great with that. We're not um, like what you see at farmer's market or craft shows is not technically what you'll see at the arts festival because it is juried in a fine art, no Mm. craft category. So you're not going to find food vendors there as far as like artisan food and things like that. It's it's painting, drawing, sculpture, uh, metalwork, things like that.
0: So there are food trucks, but it's not your standard food.
1: No, it's regular. It's it's regular food trucks. We've got like Scallywagon. So when I talked about artisan food, that would be like we're not selling in comparison to the farmers market. There's not hot sauce. There's nobody selling
0: cheese. Oh. It's not gotcha. that
1: type of vendor. It's strictly fine. It's strictly fine art. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've had people like candy, like soap, like uh, beauty products is not part of of the. Yeah, it's not the fine. fine. You can't put it on display.
0: And so, is there, I mean, I guess there's got to be a focus on selling, but is there kind of an, like, just an exhibition focus? No,
1: I mean, I think, I mean, the artists are are putting their soul and they're paying to be there and they're there to make, they're there to make money. But as far as us, we're there to showcase art, to Mm. give them that platform, but also have art in various forms. So, entertainment is, You know, very rampant throughout and then having like the spoken word say there's a games of skate skateboard competition like there's a lot of different forms of art that take place kids activities Um, but for the vendors it's the festivals for them it's for them to show off their work make some money and thrive right Right.
0: but it is it is sort of intentionally not a farmer's market it It is is, not it is
1: not it isn't farmer's market that's produce like that's what a farmer's market technically is and we don't have any type of again artisan vendors you have to fit into a a fine art category and a fine art is something that you can purchase talk about and it can be displayed
0: Mm. and so it's this weekend
1: it's yep it's uh june 10th and 11th at union station so saturday and sunday 12 to 9 on saturday 12 to um six on sunday
0: and it's did you say five dollars to get in
1: Mm. so it in advance it's a two-day ticket so it's five dollars um for in advance if you purchase online at the gate if you're purchasing from the cashier it's ten dollars card or exact change cash 18 and under is free
0: Hmm. you know this close to the to the festival are there still things that like volunteers can do are there Mm -hmm. still so
1: the volunteer sign up end at like midnight on thursday the 8th so because we have to print sheets and have everything ready and you know shirts have already been ordered and and that type of stuff so there's still a couple more days that um um, volunteers can sign up but as far as like booths and ki- like that has been booked for months
0: um, and so then what kind of things do volunteers do at the festival itself
1: so there's um, there's quite a different array of things that volunteers can do we have our community art wall which is if you've ever seen our big Ogden sign it's like the huge panels and there's an ogGDM Like we need people to manage that and tell people how to paint their squares. There's gates. Gates are always putting on bracelets. We need cashiers. We have an artist lounge, so we need people to sit in the artist lounge. We need somebody to sit in spoken word. The um, stage management team always needs somebody to help people check in um we have our green team so picking up trash and wiping down tables so i mean there's quite a bit bartenders like those are those are volunteers as well you have to have your sips and tips so Uh (laughs) um but yeah quite a bit of of opportunities set up and tear down load in and load out we start loading in um vendors on Friday our inside artists start on Friday and then we have the Saturday morning is our outside
0: mm. artists and then and, and I mean like the incentive for a volunteer besides just doing good for the arts community is, I guess you get that cool t-shirt you get it yeah
1: you get uh the, you, get, entrance you the- get you get entrance exclusivity we do a volunteer party after after the event like a month down Month down the road, a volunteer appreciation. And it's just, it's really supporting the artists. Like, we cannot do the event unless we have the volunteers, and the event is for artists and performers. Even our music lineup is almost, it's like 98% Ogden based Hmm. artists. And so it's just showing support for them and not doing a civic duty, but doing your community duty. Like, yeah, and it's fun. Like, (laughs) you get, you always meet new people, and we have a lot of volunteers that are repeat and they come back every year. So there's got to be something something good about it yeah right? yeah
0: is there like a process to get on the planning committee
1: so that sort of we've had we had the same committee since about 2016 and this year was the first year where we brought in some additional committee members we uh, a lot of people have been doing it for like 10 years. And so this year when I reached out, I was like, hey, do you want to? It's like, I just don't think I can. It was like, totally understandable. Like you paid your dues. We've all <laughs> we've all kind of paid our dues. But th- without bringing in some new blood, there's no way to like grow. And otherwise it was going to be stagnant. So um, mm-hmm. I just started reaching out to people I knew in the community that i had kind of like seen around like somebody, oh, I know this guy's an artist and he does murals. So I'm going to see if he just wants to like manage that area. And it was just a lot of conversations and reaching out. And then we did do a call for committee members on social media and just say, Hey, if anybody's interested and then kind of went from went from there but had some people in mind based on people who had volunteered previously and were like, Oh, that person's pretty pretty rad and they come every year and we know they can do so let's see if they're willing to take a take on a bigger role. So
0: because the skills you want are probably people connected with the art community, but probably to agree, you'd take anybody who's really reliable. And-
1: um, I think a little bit of both. I mean, being connected to the art community, that's fine, but it's not it's not a necessity, depending on like the volunteer coordinators don't need to be connected to the art community. They need to be connected to people who want to serve like that. It's, it's, so it's sort of a little bit different. But yes, the muralist, the guy who's coordinating the urban arts area, he needs to be connected. But again, we also do a call and have people apply. And then it's just a matter of going through applications and figuring out the, our music stage performers. Yes, he needs to be, he doesn't need to be connected with art. He needed to be connected with performance groups, Mm. or at least have the ability and the comfort to reach out and ask them if they would be interested in participating. So, but again, reliability for sure is, is something. And then just having those conversations to be like, I think they'd be a good fit. I think they'd fit with the the vibe of our, our team as well. Like we want to have a committee that's Everybody gets along and has a good time. And in the overall end, it's just
0: it's just fun. So I would just assume that the Ogden Arts Festival has grown quite a bit since you've been there, right? Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, even because of the venue. So when I started volunteering in 2013, it was only inside Union Station and like food trucks outside. And then when they moved to the amphitheater, you were very um, limited to space like inside the amphitheater. I think we could have like 52 booths maybe or something like that. Um, and we put a couple outside, but then we moved to Union Station. I mean, we've grown. I even have 10 more booths than that. Like we're 110 booths. And so yeah. unless we completely expand into the parking lot, um, we could grow even more. But we are packed to the brim inside and outside of of that space. So the growth alone and the number of artists. And we could always grow artists, but until um, – we have more attendees. It's not. It's kind of not worth it. Like we don't want to saturate and be like, okay, now instead of only eight jewelers, we have sixteen. But um, we want to give everybody a, a fair, a yeah. fair shot, you know, at, at being
0: seen. So, and I'm guessing you could only have one stage at the amphitheater, right? We had the stage, yeah. like
1: yeah, which was lo- like great, but it was also it's literally an amphitheater. So some artists found that very hard because it was loud. I'm yeah. um, really like, but. <laughs> the space is doing its job like that's (laughs) that's exactly what it's there for so um at the union station we use the browning theater and that's where our dance and chamber orchestra groups are um based and then outside it's a little more um bandy and then we have a couple busker areas and this year we also have the busking bus come out and it's like a old school short bus that they converted into a stage and they bring out different um different uh jugglers and buskers and they'll do like um like improv shows and magic and whatever. So that will be a fun new added element this year as well.
0: That's something. So I was in Lawrence for Busker Fest. I thought street musicians, it was all like contortionist, Mm -hmm. uh, break dancer. Like is that Busker is more like perform? Yeah,
1: it's a street performer. That's what anybody who um, I would say performs their art for money on the street would be would be a Busker. So. And they Salt Lake does a they did theirs. It was I think it was last weekend or two weekends ago. They do a huge busker fest up at Regent Street where the Eccles Theater is. They close that whole street off, and it's just amazing performers up and down the street doing the same thing. Yeah,
0: I had only heard of that. I've never seen that. one. I I think and
1: it's may I think they may have started it right before
0: COVID. COVID. Yeah.
1: but that's a that's or it may may have been a a pivot because of COVID because people had to be outside. I don't I don't quite remember, but it's been it's been a couple of years and it's a it's pretty cool. So,
0: and so, when the festival's done, you know, Sunday I guess mm-hmm. Monday is maybe when you can finally take a break. Uh, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> like do you do you get to forget about it for six months or? Um,
1: Yes and no, because there's still a lot of administrative stuff that happens. Like we clean up on Sunday and then it's okay, I need this invoice. I have to start paying this. We have to make sure all the performers start turning in their their checks. We're counting tickets. Like there's um with grants you have to write reports. So there's quite a bit of stuff that still that still takes place. But I um I do make a pact because I'm definitely good friends with a lot of people on the committee. I'm like, there's six months out of the year I don't talk to them. <laughs> like <clears throat> Like I do not talk to committee members about the Arts Fest until January. Yeah. <laughs> so we try to like July through December, unless we have a a little get together or something. Like no, like oh, if you mention Arts Fest, you got to take a shot. Like we're ju- it's just like <laughs> no, it's not allowed to be <laughs> to be mentioned. So so there's still some administrative stuff that takes place mm. afterwards. And again, we do like our volunteer um, our volunteer appreciation party happens after we've all kind of like calmed down and. Mm been able to sleep so yeah yeah. yeah.
0: and so I'm I'm curious if like when it comes to the city and supporting the arts kind of in general to me it seems like a shift happened a little while ago but I'm not sure if it really did like we started we kind of focused on nine rails focused on art throughout the city Uh, I would think that you and your involvement in this for as long as you've been doing it you've maybe seen a bit of that so Uh, yeah (laughs) like is that is that the case has has the city like reprioritized this stuff
1: I think so I think it was always there and across the country art became definitely more of a priority but i i did serve on that um that creative district committee like in the beginning and I don't like saying it out loud, but nine rails—the term that actually came from me—so oh, nice. <laughs> there was it's a, a whole, one. there was a whole thing behind it because there's nine muses in the arts and nine, like it, it's a whole thing. But um, yeah, definitely like, a little proud. Like I got a
0: shirt that has <laughs> all—I think it has nine railroads and it says all roads lead to Auburn, mm, and, and I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and that was actually some little when we were trying to come up with names. They said everybody brings something in, and I was just googling things, and I found that one little blurb about that and I was like oh there's nine muses in the arts and there was a whole nother name that I preferred but then when I presented that one it was like oh that one makes sense like cool like have fun <laughs> like <laughs> um so we had done like the painted streets and the I mean that itself was his growth and then doing the the monarch and the dumpkey plaza like that's all part of growing the creative district I wish it would be Union Station would be included in that Mm. and maybe it will now that Ogden City actually like owns it and manages it in the beginning that wasn't the case but they are truly activating Mm. Union Station with art like crazy I mean through the city I also coordinate and manage their community art shows that we do pop-up galleries available to anybody who wants to submit artwork we put them up in Union Station and so that's a program that they were able to get uh, funding for and so I really think the the Ogden City Arts team is pretty amazing, and they've merged with Union Station. So the, the employees at Union Station, their event staff, is part of Ogden City Arts now. I think you'll just start seeing more, more and more things happen. So,
0: and so Ogden City Arts is that another organization?
1: Ogden. So the festival is not related to Ogden City at all. Uh-huh. That is just the name of the event. It is a nurture the creative mind event. Um, Ogden City is a hundred percent fully supported in the event. They're there in sight, but they are not the managing organization, other than us doing special event permits with the city it's not a city right. it's not a city event it's right but and then Ogden City Arts Ogden is, City Ogden Arts is City's. is is Ogden City's
0: gotcha. um yeah yeah it's like the the vehicle for investing in the arts mm-hmm. from the city yeah. yeah
1: everything changed so much like the Ogden in 2017 when it came to the arts is not the Ogden now because there used to be like art stroll used to be a thing like you would stroll up and down the street and it was the thing and now it's kind of um you either go here or you go there like you don't really People aren't walking in the same way. There's mm. just a lot of, there's so many options, which is just as good. Like, you can never say there's nothing to do in Ogden on any given night yeah. because there's so many, so uh-huh. many choices. And it used to be like that's the one time art things happened in Ogden. It was only on Fridays, and then everything started happening on Fridays. So, the people who were already participating in art stroll really couldn't do anything else. Like, Oh, now there's so many things to choose on Friday because it's the only time Mm -hmm. they do art. So now even with Ogden city, they do the, the connect events, um, with Utah arts Alliance where artists can come in and they show off some work. It's like a little, it's a program and it's really great. And originally like we should do it on Friday. He's like, no, because the artists can't participate. And so (laughs) they're like, yeah, absolutely. And, um, I think now any given day of the week, there could be something art based, you know, you bring in, on stage Ogden there's always concerts and things that are happening with chamber orchestra Ogden like there's just always something at Perry's Egyptian Theater like it's just it's grown like like so much and so instead of just being like oh it's Friday that first Friday is the only time we celebrate art in Ogden like no we celebrate it all the time now and it's a great it's a great problem to have when you have to make a decision on what thing what which thing you would like to participate in yeah
0: and are you involved like are you involved in nurture the creative mind
1: my my involvement in Nurture the Creative Mind is being the director of, of an event that's managed by the organization. Um that's it, um, pretty much. But it's a it's a pretty big uh pretty big involvement yeah (laughs) so i'm i consider considered amir um a very dear dear friend we work great together and we've worked together for quite a while i hire him to do dj things at my day jobs and i don't serve on the board i'm not a teacher i'm myself not an artist (laughs) at all um unless it's in the problem solving ability no like i have no you're
0: just a supporter yeah yeah
1: i'm i'm creative in my marketing aspects maybe but i am not a Huh. Drawer, I'm not a painter, I am a doodler of stick figures. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: you just want to be able to patronize, yeah. But festivals. I and
1: I did, I am a huge supporter of the arts. I have my local art wall, I love buying stuff. If I go somewhere and I have to buy it from the artist,
0: yeah. Uh, what about uh, other nonprofits? Are there other groups you're involved with?
1: Yeah, quite a few. So, I am currently the past chair for the Utah Cultural Alliance, which is a statewide arts organization that does all the advocacy and lobbying for arts and culture oh. in the state. So, um that's I spend cool. lots of times at the at the when in, in the legislator up at the up at the hill. But um, so you do
0: lobby on at a state level for for. Arts? I
1: personally don't, but I'm in the advocacy realm for that. <laughs> so I was the um I this is my sixth year with that board, and I there's a two two parts of that board. There's a C three side and the C four side, the C four can do the actual lobbying. The C three, which is the foundation side, that's what I was president of. But it's one huge um,
0: right one
1: huge organization but
0: and so the the three side is more like uh, messaging and that kind of stuff
1: it's yeah i, I mean it changes it around a little bit but that is like we just did the culture connect front conference and things like that that is what the the, the c3 nonprofit. it's a membership organization so members pay into it for the lobbying to take place because a standard c3 organization cannot do um lobbying up to a certain percentage mm-hmm. maybe 10 percent of what you can you can do but the um the c4 we rate actual um candidates and things like that and there's a whole cultural caucus and and whatever so that's one organization i'm a part of of. yeah what
0: was the name again utah
1: cultural alliance oh yeah so it's statewide um we work with the the governor's office of economic development and the division in general so utah um it was it's utah like division of arts and museums but the overall organization is utah cultural and community engagement (laughs) is the is the division in the state but we are the membership organization for the for the industry okay um i just got appointed to the onstage ogden board um i spent uh six or seven years on the egyptian theater foundation at perry's egyptian theater so oh great i do a few artsy things like here and there. But I'm just a supporter. Another than I always used to call myself just a competitive volunteer <laughs> because I would like, oh, if there's a shirt, be give it out at some festival. I'm going to be there pouring beer. Oh, like, yeah. You know, like, oh, that's yeah. how that's. I have a friend who I blame because the very first time I volunteered for a festival was probably 2008, 2009 at Utah Arts Fest. And I was just there. And he was like a beer captain. He's like, hey, do you guys want to come pour beer? People didn't show up. We're like, sure. And then we were like, that was so fun. And we uh-huh. came back the next day and worked on like the film booth. And they're like, where else can we volunteer? And now annually we go up to Kimball Arts Fest and stay for a weekend and just volunteer. And I do lots of stuff at Utah Arts Alliance uh-huh. as well with the Urban Arts Festival. And, yeah.
0: and I, I mean, just a plug for volunteering at the festival. Like people think, oh, I would love to be more connected with mm-hmm. the community. and. If you volunteer, you're going to be with 100 other people that all really want to be involved in the artist community, too. They just want to support it. Well,
1: and I mean, it's a support for, because it's a a fundraising benefit, like it's the support for a youth organization. If you ever once enjoyed a piano out on the street of Ogden, that was Nurture the Creative Mind. And Mm -hmm. the only way that happened... Was because of fundraisers, if you've been to any of the day of the dead festivals that they put on, mm-hmm. that's a free event. But so this one is what helps generate some of that income in order to make all these other things possible. If you've had a kid that has participated in an NCM program, it was absolutely free, and they still are that supplies and all that it still has to come from from somewhere, you right. know, yeah,
0: right. that that gate fee, that entrance fee is really just a donation to um their, yes and well, no. I
1: mean, ha- after expenses, all like right. the the festival we definitely have. Quite a bit of stuff. We have, I mean, it costs, you know, $6,500 for security. Like, that's people don't think about mm-hmm. about that and we're like, so five bucks for two days is nothing. Yeah. It's it's really nothing. Once the fees are taken out of that, it's like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but every point. little every little bit helps. Uh-huh. So so if you want to know anything more about the Ogden Arts Festival, you can catch us on social media. Our handles are just Ogden Arts Fest or on our website, OgdenArtsFestival.com. dot com. All the list of performers are there. The schedules, there's a list of all the artists, there's a map. Um it's all there. There's gonna be food trucks and Hopefully, fingers crossed, amazing weather, right? Um, But there's a lot of interactive things that take place. We have, like, hand-drawn photo booth. Of course, there's face painting and um, complimentary activities for kids. There's different organizations. Um, Treehouse Museum, the Ogden Eccles Dinosaur Park, um, 801 Rocks, Weber County Library, they all come out and run. um, Crafts X will be out doing the same thing. So we have a lot of community organizations as well that um, come out and participate. We have an Emerging Artist Program, and that is sort of our... I've never really done a festival, but I have some art and I don't know how to start. I'm not sure what to do. Like, great, sign up as an emerging artist and we'll we'll walk you through the process and um, give you a nice cozy space inside so you're not freaking out just yet about your booth and your walls and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, do you feel like you know all the all the artists around I mean, I,
1: I feel like because I also do those community art shows um, through Ogden City, I know quite a few of the local artists. The regionals, if they're um, – repeats absolutely but this year there's a group from like idaho i'm like i have no idea but come on like come on <laughs> down and i know being the director and of the administrative stuff but then also doing that arts coordination thing that's the part i like like sometimes artists are the worst like we all know this they are horrible at communicating they wait till the last minute they don't read things but i enjoy giving them that platform and i love doing the educational aspect especially for those emerging they're like so i need my own tent Yep, absolutely. If you look on page two of your application, like it says, says there, okay, what else are you like? Just wait and all the info will come. And if you have any questions, then I have to have a business license. Nope. You sure don't like, we'll take care of it. Like I, well, I don't have wall. Like they, you know, I love giving those even in applying Like I don't have a booth shot. Like a booth shot is very, it's a huge deal in most organizations because they want to make sure your booth's going to look nice. And sometimes that what is in the jury process, like, oh, they kind of have very similar, similar vibes and what their work is but oh look that booth looks so much better that's who's mm. going to get the that's going to get the spot but the merging or the new artist like I don't have a booth like you don't know, it's okay do a mock-up one in your house really quick like put something at, we just want to see that your work is cohesive and it looks great oh. that's that's what it is huh. so it's not that big of a deal and Artists love to show off um, their big pieces. And so if you apply to an organization or to a festival and everything you put on your application is a photo and it says the price is $3,000 or above, you're probably not going to get in. Right. Because we also don't want you to waste your time and come out and do something. And then so we would deny artists. I'm like, I have... I have other stuff, but like, but we don't know that because your booth shot didn't show that you had postcards and prints. So, hmm. you know, apply with two things that you love and two things that you actually sell and then do a booth shot. Like,
0: Interesting. Because it,
1: it makes a huge difference. Like, we you have to know the community that you're going to be in front of. And great, if you can sell a $5,000 piece, I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen, but selling a $5,000 piece compared to $1,500 pieces is probably most more mm. likely to to happen. So I love educating artists on like that back end. and.
0: Well, and that, that made me think, I've had this curiosity for a while and you might have just a little bit of expertise. Like, you know, I notice Ogden, the culture kind of shifting toward caring about the arts, but I've always felt like maybe the people aren't quite ready to pay an artist what what their worth is like Ogden's kind of a, a working class town so we don't have a lot of big industry here and so I think people maybe sometimes aren't willing to pay what an artist you know a local artist might yeah deserve. and
1: I but it's also and that's why those extra little things are important like great your work is great but do you also provide prints and stuff like do you have um smaller versions of it um because there are people in Ogden who will pay good, but it's also an educational thing. Because a lot of people look at something like, I can do that. Like, <laughs> can you? So that's where we're like, we're we're not quite there. We had one year a guy who had these amazing, beautiful, like, Tuscany carved pens, like ivory pens. they like 200 bucks each.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's all he applied with. And we're like, these are amazing. But people in the air are going to be like, I'm not paying 200 bucks for a pen. Because they don't quite appreciate what goes into it just yet but Mm -hmm. I think you get that anywhere it's not it's not an Ogden thing there's people who know art there's people who don't know art and there's people who assume that Mm -hmm. that do but it's all it's all opinionated anyways like what an artist loves might not be what what a patron loves but somebody's going to be attracted to to something right you know it's just it's just different yeah yeah and that's why for us it's like great you can have those big pieces that are high-end but show like do those little things too because that's probably more likely what you're gonna sell tons of mm. and there's some artists who are like i never even bring my my big pieces because they want the room for the stuff they know it's gonna actually like yeah it's gonna sell it's like stickers and prints and um smaller paintings and mm. stuff like that but you'll have people who for sure will buy a huge display piece for their house or a sculpture or something it's just got to be the right time and the right day just no guarantees right? <laughs> well
0: excellent thank you very yeah, much I no appreciate problem. It.
1: thank you so much for having us yeah. having me <laughs> right
0: <laughs> thank you to our listeners thank you for liking and sharing on Instagram Facebook YouTube and even sometimes TikTok thanks for telling your friends thanks to the other side of hell for letting me use their space and uh, sorry I accidentally locked the key in the building And then uh, have a great week.